Season 2, Episode 57, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. Episode 57, the message from the Baptist, John the Baptist, and the eulogy of Christ, of Jesus, knowing, I guess, uh, that John the Baptist was not long for this world. I think it's been about six months since he was uh, imprisoned. His imprisonment was the reason that, that Jesus left Judea down south and baptizing and ended the, the year of obscurity and went north to uh, Galilee. And his first stop was in his hometown where he was immediately dragged to a cliff and almost killed, uh, except it was not his time and, and they couldn't do anything. That, and he just walked past through them. Anyway, A.T. Robertson wrote, as far as the setting goes here, John's prison was in Macarus, east of the Dead Sea. Jesus was somewhere in Galilee, probably near Nain, uh, which was in the southern part of Galilee, uh, about six miles southeast of Nazareth and about 20 miles southwest of the Sea of Galilee. We're going to take a look at 18 verses in Luke chapter 7, pick up right where we left off in verse 18. Uh, in fact, we're going to read uh, verse 15, 16, and 17 just to, to move into this episode. Uh, Luke, A.T. Robertson has this episode connected to episode, episode 57 through Luke chapter 7. Verse 17 ended episode 56 and Luke 7, 18 begins um, episode 57. Again, I'm going to start with verse 15 just to set a little continuity for myself and possibly the listener. All right, uh, episode 55, 56, 57, and 58 uh, Schofield noted that, I mean, uh, A.T. Robertson noted that we see a rapid spread of Christ's influence and the iniquity, the inquiry, I'm sorry, the inquiry of John the Baptist. Are you the Christ? Sent two disciples to ask him, are you the Christ? And that's what we're going to take a look at today. Verse 58, we'll talk about at the end. Uh, that'll be where we're headed on the next verse. And this little group of of episodes will be complete as part of uh, part 7 episode 37 to 71 the great Galilean ministry which we've been in since verse 37 I mean episode 37 and that episode 37 is is the episode where Christ is almost killed in Nazareth it's either that one or the one that follows it Anyway, based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922. C.I. Schofield's The Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. Okay, episode 57, Luke chapter 7, verse 15. Luke chapter 7, verse 15. Luke chapter 7, verse 15. And we're going to just review these three verses before we get started in today's episode. 
Luke chapter 7, verse 15. And he that was dead, remember Jesus had gone to, he'd gotten a little bit of sleep after his uh, two days without any sleep, and and one night, I guess. And uh, he was on his way to uh, Nain, and a great crowd followed him, and all of his disciples and apostles, 12 apostles and a bunch of disciples and others, followed Jesus. And he was, and he that was dead sat up, began to speak, and he del- and Jesus delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all the crowd that were following Jesus closely in this little town, gated uh, town, as I guess all the cities were back in the day. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God hath visited his people. That's pretty powerful statements for Jews, Jewish people to make. And this rumor, which I ended yesterday's uh, episode with, the rumor, I didn't really like that word, but it's uh, the Esau Thayer's Greek lexicon uh, translate the ancient Greek word uh, rumor into rumor uh, defines that ancient Greek word as uh, a topic or subject of discourse. People are going to talk about what they just saw. Jesus stopped a funeral and raised the, the the young man off the the funeral beer and gave him back to his mother. That's pretty dramatic of him, of Jesus, went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. So his fame, this this is a big one. This is like raising Lazarus from the dead right before his crucifixion. You raise people from the dead, uh, word gets around. Okay, uh, verse 18, Luke chapter 7, verse 18. And the disciples of John showed John all these things. So they were, I guess, following Christ and going back. And it was like a hundred mile trip. If you got, you know, close to the Jordan, you could you could sail down it, I guess. I don't know, but I never heard of boats sailing down the Jordan. But anyway, uh, I'm always looking for an easier way to get around mountainous territory. But, um, and the disciples of John showed John all these things. He raised the dead, John. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus. If you remember, Peter and Andrew were, were disciples of John, or Andrew was anyway, and possibly Peter, and possibly James and John. And John was the one that wrote about that year of obscurity, but left himself out. But anyway, uh, quite a bit. Uh, and John calling on him two of his disciples, I, I think these are disciples that haven't followed Christ, uh, sent them to Jesus saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? Basically telling his two disciples, I got two questions for Jesus. 
Art thou, art thou he that should come? Or should we look for another? When the men were come unto Jesus, which again is like a hundred mile trip up north, they said to Jesus, <clears throat> when they came unto him, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, two questions, art thou, art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? I'm just kind of surprised, because John, uh, anywhere from six months to, to a year earlier, had said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But he hadn't spent a lot of time with Christ. Um, really, I don't think they, they kind of baptized separately and... Anyway, he said he must increase and I must decrease. So he's just kind of fading into the sunset. But anyway, verse 21. And in the same hour that they asked these two questions, Art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? In that same hour that they asked those questions, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind... He gave sight. And Jesus answered and said unto them, to the two disciples of John, Go your way, go back to John, and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor, the gospel is preached. And I would say, you are very poor if you haven't trusted Christ. Verse 23. Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. You know, I think, you know, when I read that today, I, I know that a lot of times I didn't want to be identified, you know, by saying grace or something like that when I was in the army before I ate. And I remember there was a, a girl at the infantry school, which was very rare, in the cafeteria at Fort Benning. And she bowed her head and prayed before she ate. And I just thought that was really, really cool. But blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. I would say I've, I've reached that point much greater than I have before. I mean, I just bought a What Would Jesus Do bracelet online because uh, I want to be identified with him. What would Jesus do? That's kind of the ultimate question. God, I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will. What, what do you want me to do? Uh, what would Jesus do? Uh, the will of God. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. I, I don't get out much, so I'm not trying to say everybody's got to do what I'm doing. But I, since my accident, I really talk to a lot of people about the Lord. And when the messenger of John was departed, when the messengers of John, his two disciples, were departed, Jesus began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken in the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea. I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. 
This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. I guess God was talking to Jesus and saying, I'm sending Elijah before you. And uh, here he is. John the Baptist will fit the bill. Maybe maybe Elijah maybe Elijah would have come back if if Israel would have received him. I don't know. Kind of well, we're gonna, he's going to kind of talk about it here. This is he he verse twenty seven. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, and he shall prepare thy way before thee. I'm a little moved by the fact that John dies a martyr's death in the not-too-distant future. Verse 28, For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, I don't know anybody else that, you know, that's the only way I know to get here. I guess they have test tube babies now. I don't know. But anyway, back then it was pretty much a, that would be anyone. That would be a kind of an oxymoron. Among those that are born of women, kind of redundant, if you're born, you're born of a woman. They're, and the seed, they're not creating, you know, the the fertilized egg. They they have the egg and they have the sperm and they join it together, but they're not creating the, the sperm or the egg. So they can talk about test tube babies all they want, but they're still nowhere close to creating life. And by the way, that zygote, which is the fertilized egg, is 100% human. I'll just leave it at that. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So here you got the guy in, in heaven that has never done anything for the Lord, but still he's saved, yet so as by fire. All he had was wood, hay, and stubble, and it was all burned up. No gold, silver, stone, or precious stones. But he saved. He is greater than uh, John the Baptist. Uh, I, I can't figure that out, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, verse 29, And all the people heard him, and the publicans justified God, not that he needs justification, but being baptized in the baptism of John. So the publicans, they heard him and they're going, what is, what is the baptism of John? I baptize you with water. I baptized one person with water. I did it about six months ago. I think during, while I was doing this podcast. And uh, not, you know, concurrent with the time I was doing the podcast. Anyway, I've been doing them for, uh, I'm going to a reunion next month uh, where I learned how to do these at Tampa uh, well, it's called Florida Bible College Tampa now. You ought to look it up online. It's uh, If I was going to go to Bible College, that's where I'd go. And all, that's where I went. <laughs> but all the people that heard him, heard Jesus and the publicans, justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves. Well, that, you know, that makes sense. I embrace the counsel against me. I am a, not a very good person. And I don't deserve to go to heaven. And 
I will be with a bunch of heroes of the faith and that'll be enough for me just to be with them to be with John the Baptist to be with Peter verse 31 and the Lord said whereunto shall I liken the men of this generation and to what are they like they are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, calling one to another, saying, We have piped and you have not danced. We have mourned and you have not wept. I don't know if they were playing the marriage game and the uh, funeral game or what. I remember playing school when I was a little kid. But that was about it. I don't remember playing church. Nobody I knew liked church. But anyway, that changed when I trusted the Lord. Verse 33. And John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you said he hath a devil. And the Son of Man, which is another name for the Messiah, the Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber and a friend of publicans and sinners. I I like this statement. I I just always have since I heard it. Jesus got in trouble because he told bad people they were going to heaven and good people they were going to hell. Because you couldn't get any better than the Pharisee. At least, you know, you didn't know how good they were. You just ask them. I do this and I do that. And I'm going to say, I never knew you. Publicans and sinners saved me. That's, that was one advantage I had 49 years ago. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was going to hell. But I thought so was everybody else. When I heard whosoever didn't have to, I said, Hey, for God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, gift. Whosoever believeth in him, I'm in. I'm done. No promises, no, you know, swearing a stack of Bibles, I'll never do this or that or whatever. But wisdom is justified of her children. I want to say that that Christians should justify the wisdom of God, the wisdom of the gospel, the wisdom of giving salvation to people without asking them to earn it, the wisdom of people serving God out of a thankful heart for the eternal life they believe they have in Jesus Christ. I look at my friends, my Bible college friends, they're all still married. I can't think of one close friend that's not still married. Uh, Florida Christian School, very rare, but I, you know we had 100 faculty members and we had some, some people that were questionable at best. But anyway, um, but as a whole, I would say that believers justify God's plan of salvation, justify... Salvation not being of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. We're born again, renewing of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Know ye not that you must be born again. John chapter 3. All right, verse 30. Wisdom is justified of her children. Now let's take a look at Matt 
chapter 11, verse 2 through 19. And remember that the next episode starts with verse 20 after Matthew 11, 19. But anyway, Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 through 19. Matthew chapter 11, these are 18 verses here. And uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 through verse 19. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. So this is Matthew's take on the story. A little different, doesn't pick up right where um, Luke picked up, but picks up with John the Baptist. And and again, A.T. Robertson pointed out that this is kind of like how widespread what Christ had done in raising this young man uh, from the dead. They were taking him out of the city. You don't want to bury people in the city. That's too not good. So taking him out of the city, out of the city gate, and Jesus interrupted this funeral. I'm not sure how many people raised Jesus raised from the dead. That would be an interesting thing to, to look up or ask your computer. Siri, how many people did Jesus raise from the dead? I'm not really asking, Siri, so don't, don't do that. Okay, now when John had heard in prison that the work of Christ, the works of Christ, that people are saying God is among us, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, the two disciples said unto Jesus, Art thou he, or should we, that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. If you want a miracle, be born again. There's a miracle for you right there. Happened to me 49 years ago in November, late November. So I guess 48 months and 48 years and 10 months. And the poor have the gospel preached. I don't know anybody poorer than somebody that's going to die and go to hell. But just because it's preached to them doesn't mean you're going to believe it. And Jesus is going to hammer that in the next episode. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Blessed, happy. Um, I, I, I embrace Jesus Christ wherever I go. And uh, anyway, verse 7. And as they departed, as the two departed to go back to tell John, you know, hey, he's raising the dead. He's giving sight to them. We saw him do these things. Um begin to say unto the multitudes. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John. So as the disciples of John are leaving, Jesus starts talking about John. I possibly just so they could say, hey, he was talking about you. Man, he was really saying good things about you. Um, verse 7. And Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out for in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? 
Or what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? He wore camel's hair and leather girdle, uh, short whatever. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. And what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, and I say unto you, more than a prophet. A thought just occurred to me. I think John the Baptist's ministry, baptism ministry, lasted for uh, six months prior to the baptism of Jesus. And then they both went and baptized for six months. So there you got a, a year, if I'm not mistaken. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, Jesus' public ministry began with his baptism. So that would be, uh, Jesus was six months in Jerusalem. You know, he came to Nicodemus and said, and Nicodemus said, no man could do these miracles. According to John, he hadn't done any miracle except in Cana, but he was doing miracles in Jerusalem, according to the word of uh, Nicodemus and John chapter 3. And uh, so I think he was there six months when, when Nicodemus called him. Then he went on to uh, um, baptize, a dual ministry with John the Baptist baptizing. So I would say that, yeah, he, John the Baptist was baptizing for the year that Jesus was doing miracles in Jerusalem. Uh, no, for the six months that Jesus was doing miracles in Jerusalem. Then they dual, they both baptized after Jesus came back from the wilderness for 40 days. And John, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. But they had separate ministries. John went north to Sychar, which is the Samaritan city where Jesus led the woman at the well to Christ himself and um, anyway John was thrown in prison after that after I think a year of ministry and he's been six months in prison so if you can do the math on that he's a year and a half of ministry um, possibly a year free in the last six months in prison anyway say unto but what went ye out for to see a prophet Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Talking to Jesus, saying, I'm going to send this guy before you. Could be Elijah if they accept you. If not, we'll just go with John the Baptist. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there had not risen a greater than John the Baptist. I got to say that I had a teacher that loved Macbeth, and and Shakespeare and Macbeth said that, the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm not a student of Shakespeare really, but I had a really good teacher. But anyway, Macbeth uh, or Shakespeare wrote the Bard of Bard of Avon or whatever. He wrote um, that there was not a woman, there was not a man born of woman greater than Macduff. I think it was a line that Macbeth said about his friend Macduff. Anyway, um, but he, he took it right from the Bible. But uh, Shakespeare died in 1616. The, the King James Bible was written in England in 1611. It was commissioned. And everything I've read, you know, of course, it's not in the Bible who helped put together the King James Bible. But 
But what I've read, Shakespeare had a part in it. And not that God needed help with his poetry or anything like that. I mean, read the poetic books. He didn't have anything to do with that. But anyway, whatever. So, um, anyway, there, um, among, verse 11, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there is not a risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Verse 12, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Did I say that? Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Okay, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. When I was reading this, I was thinking that, you know, the leadership of Israel is not good. And they are violent. He was almost killed when he returned home and read a verse and said that it pertained to him. It's a messianic verse and they, they couldn't stand the blasphemy. But Jesus did say, forgive them for they know not what they do from the cross. Verse 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So I would say, uh, for a long time, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. How do you get into the kingdom of heaven? You trust Christ. Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. So, um, he that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. We're saved the same way Abraham was saved. By faith in the Messiah. He thought Isaiah was the Messiah. That's why he was, and that God would raise him from the dead. That's why he was willing to uh, sacrifice his son. Read Hebrews chapter 11. Um, or, yeah, I think it's 11. Anyway, for verse 13. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. <clears throat> That's what the Old Testament is. is the, the law, the first five books of the Bible, and all the prophets wrote the rest of it. And if ye will receive it, then Elijah, which was for to come. So if... It's conditional. Elijah will come if you receive it, people. Elijah will come, but that but which was which was for to come. He that hath ears, let him hear. He he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse sixteen. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is likened unto children. I don't think you can say anything worse about the leadership of any organization is that they lead like children. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe you think that's the way to go, but they, they don't see, see the unintended consequences of their actions. They, I don't know. Anyway, you can say that it's kind of the Lord of the Flies, in my opinion. But if it is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows saying we have piped unto you and you have not danced we have mourned and you have not lamented playing wedding and funeral I guess uh, John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he hath a devil the ones attacking the kingdom of God 
And the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, Behold, a glutton, a man, behold, a, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified of her children. Okay, again, uh, try to walk worthy of the Lord and pleasing to Him. Um, and your words will carry a lot more weight. All right, so uh, next podcast, Lord willing, is episode 58, Woe Upon the Cities of Opportunity. You know, he's going to mention a bunch of these cities and say, Woe unto you. You know, if, if, if these miracles that you've seen, that I've been doing you know, hand over fist here, um, you know, just because one was raised from the dead, it's maybe John the Baptist's uh, disciples saw people raised from the dead. Anyway, and the claims of Christ as the teacher about the Father. Uh, continuing in Galilee, uh, picking up where Matthew left off in this episode. And I will say adios to God and via con Dios go with God. <laughs>